umgoblue.com by fans for fans since 1999 yeah i watched talking about the first, last couple of weeks and then what it's been like to get into pads yeah uh honestly the last few weeks have just been been spectacular uh just to go from you know going through our preparation and everything and and uh uh you know getting ready even though we didn't know necessarily who we were playing or what's going to happen and then to be able to to uh have it be a little more tangible in terms of, of what that that light at the end of the tunnel is and what we're getting ready for so um i would just say that the focus has been great the excitement has been consistent the enthusiasm has not waned at all and um you know it just continues to get better and better you throw on the pads and it starts to feel uh, even more real guys are uh you know now trying to take the mastery that they've gained you know, through all the Zoom meetings and the, the attention to detail, uh, you know, through July and August when we weren't really hitting and combine that with the physicality part of the game. And that's that's the be, going to be the challenge for, for us and every team is can you, <laughs> can you take all that stuff that, that you've learned at kind of a slower tempo or not necessarily full speed um, tempo and then add that, that physicality, the violence, play with the fundamentals that we need to play with to be able to uh, to win at the line of scrimmage, to be able to, to make tackles, to block, all that good stuff. So that's kind of the process we're going through now. And uh, it's been really encouraging so far. The guys are having a lot of fun doing it. And, uh, you know, as coaches, we're, we're in hog heaven because we're getting to do what we love to do. And, and we got an opponent that we're getting ready to play that's darn good. So it's been, uh, it's been a blast. Our uh, first question is from Tom Crawford. Yeah, Jay, first of all, thanks so much for coming on. Um, I'm just curious to know philosophically with special team play in terms of personnel, do you, is, it, is there a balance, is a line you got to walk the fine line between getting the best 11 out there or making sure you preserve some of your starters and keep off the field in special team play? Or how do you mix that so you make sure you ensure you get quality output from special teams? Yeah, that's a great question, Tom. The, it's really a balance um, you want to have the best 11 out there to do their jobs, depending on the phase uh, that it is. And so what's really necessary is the starters have got to latch on to, to a special team role. Now for a guy like, uh, like Ross or McGrone, uh, or, uh, um, you know, a Charbonnet or Evans, like those guys that are bona fide starters on one side of the ball, they're not going to be able to, to, you know, play on all four and you're not going to ask that of them, uh, but they're going to do something and they're going to, you know, they're going to gain expertise at one thing and be able to, uh, you know, you're going to count on that guy to be able to, to dominate, you know, that particular phase. So uh, it really just depends, like you're saying, on what their, what their role is in the rest of the game, the, the bona fide starters. Yeah. They're going to play on one or maybe two. And then, you know, you really need your, your guys that are core backup type of players on O and D to really shine and play on three or four. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, we'll always go with the 11 guys out there that, that we feel confident to, to win uh, that rep in that situation. Um, and, and you kind of throw that out there, let the guys compete, and then see who those guys end up being. Thanks, Jay. Next, yes, sir. Next question is from Justin Rose. Hey, Jay. Uh, you kind of mentioned it in your opening, but, but two and a half weeks and actual football is back. Do you feel that? teams are going to be maybe at an advantage simply based upon the fact that you've had more study time 
away from the field than, than in other years when you guys are just having training camp and, and whatnot? Because we haven't seen you guys in, what, months and months and months, and now all of a sudden in two and a half weeks, we will. Yeah, it's certainly a unique situation. I think that uh, the advantage, if you're really looking for like who it's unique for, it's the young guys. Uh, just because they, they've gotten more time to prepare than, than any young group ever, really. So that, that part of it's big, you know, to have the, the freshmen being able to, they've been on so many Zoom meetings and so many walkthroughs and practices, like that's distinctly different than a regular year. Uh, but in general, I mean, yeah, you hope that it, it reflects in your sharpness and your execution. But kind of like I said before, you know, the knowledge of what to do in the scheme, the situation, is is so important but you got to be able to pair it with the the physical the fundamentals and and you know we're of the belief here like most you know strong programs that like blocking and tackling and taking care of the ball are going to win or lose most games and so uh that's really what our focus is to be able to to take all that the mental like you're alluding to and then add the physical execution piece you also mentioned for gameplay and, and it's inching closer and we're almost to the real season. Can you give us an example of maybe a player or a coach or somebody who's done something in the last couple of days that's really kind of you just stuck with you because it's starting to feel that much more real? Shoot, I really just, uh, you know, everybody, you can feel the excitement at practice. Um, you know, our guys are really good at, at practicing and uh, the, the energy is always good, but you just felt in the last last week or so it, it just feels a little bit different you see it you feel it kind of ramping up um when we compete against the defense uh you know it, it feels game like it really it feels like like kind of how like a sometimes like how a spring game would feel like where, where you feel that noticeable uh like uptick in the tempo and the intensity so um overall like it's kind of just the whole group that you feel it from um i mean there was a particular play one of the last couple of practices where the defense, uh, you know, they, they were kind of rallying to the ball and it was just like, man, that looks like Michigan defense. Cause you saw one guy get to the ball and then two more show up right now. And three guys kind of swarm tackle. And, and it, it felt different than a normal practice where guys come up and they tag off. So, uh, you know, that, that stands out to me offensively, a guy like, uh, like Eric all who you guys have heard a ton about, you know, he just oozes passion for the game and excitement to play. And, and, uh, we got a ton of guys like that, so it's probably a good thing that there's not any, any really one guy that stands out. We're all we're all pretty fired up. Thank you. Yes, sir. And we'll go on to Jamal. Jay, you know, in years past, you've been able to get both uh, Jake Moody and Quinn Nordine back there onto the field to kick field goals. I know Moody's handled kickoffs mainly, but they've both been field goal kickers going into a senior senior season. Is this a year where Quinn Nordine just makes that his job, or Will you continue to try to find a way to use both kickers on field goals? Uh, Quinn, certainly. Uh, we love the way that, that he finished last year. Um, you know, we love the way he's been practicing. So that's that's a position where, just like all the other ones, you're going to put the guy out there that gives you the best chance to win. Um, you know, more than likely, you know, that, that, that history would say that would be Quinn. But uh, we still got a lot of time in terms of kicking in competitive situations and, and moving the ball in practice and letting the, those guys uh, both kick. So we'll play the guy who's going to, that we feel like is going to give us the better shot. Um, you know, we love, we love everything about both of them. And it's a really, it's a blessing to have two guys that you feel confident with 
uh, in terms of their ability. And, and we all love the fact that Quinn's, you know, done it on some big stages and, and he's got the experience and, and, uh, uh, you know, poise of a veteran and, uh, Moody does too. So it's, it's really a, a good situation overall. And we'll let the, the competition play out. I guess as a follow-up, what's, what's one part of that competition that each could do to separate themselves as if what does Jake have to do better and what does Quinn have to do better to solidify the position? Uh, if you're talking specifically field goals. Yeah. So for, for that, for us, we're looking at, you know, mainly they'll do all their individual work and, and uh, non-competitive work. But what we really love to see is when the guys are, uh, you know, in a period with the, with the whole team moving the ball uh, and there's something at stake, you know, it's a two minute drill in practice or it's some type of a, a situation that we're, we're uh, simulating, um, you know, seeing how those guys kick in those, those real situations and, and uh, you know, seeing how smooth the operation is. And at the end of the day, you, you know, you're going to come up with a, with the, the guy that you feel the best about operation wise, you feel the best about overall in terms of right hash, left hash, middle. Uh, and then it comes down to just consistency over time. Uh, we're, we've been blessed with having a lot of practice time um, and availability to, to get out there and watch those guys work. So it's kind of uh, give them a big body of work and then see who, who shines through. But in terms of specifics, they're both – like really good, like I said before. So it's not really a, a uh, one particular thing that one guy's got to stop doing or start doing to be able to win it. It's just going to be probably one of those deals where one guy's at, you know, mid eighties and one guy's low eighties on, on, you know, 50, 60, 70 kicks or something like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Thanks, man. Yes, sir. Our next question is from John Borton. Jay, with Chris Evans back and uh, Zach and Hassan getting so many snaps last year, what are the areas that, that you feel that as a group and individually they should just naturally take a, a good step forward from where you were last year? For that whole group, I would say the same thing I said uh, at some point a while back, which is we just need to take the next step forward in terms of creating explosive runs. Uh, you know, we have really good guy, really good backs, good ball carriers that, that um, you know, pretty consistently put the ball where it's supposed to go. And, and the way that most of the defenses we see, the way they work is they're going to they're gonna send the ball where it's supposed to go to the free hitter, whoever that ends to be, a corner or a safety, whoever is designed to be the, the guy that's going to tackle the ball. And for us to take the step we need to as backs, we got to be able to take care of that guy and be able to uh, turn some of those four or five, six yard runs into, into, you know, 15, 20, 30 yard runs. And so with the addition of, of Chris and Blake Corum, those are two guys that that's kind of the natural strength of their game. Uh, whereas Hassan and Zach uh, are tremendous at a lot of the other things. So it's going to give us a good ability to, uh, you know, to hopefully do that. And I love what we've seen so far. Uh, in terms of working at that against our defense. If you could do it against them and create some explosive runs in, uh, in thud periods or live periods against our defense, it's, it's probably going to translate to the games because those guys are pretty dang good. Our next question is from Shane Werner. Yeah, Jay, uh, we saw you use running backs uh, kind of as a committee last year, and I think that's anticipated this year as well. What's your philosophy as far as using those running backs in a game-to-game basis? Is it more of a down situation or just kind of feeding the hot hand uh, game-to-game? 
Yeah, it, it really depends on a lot of things. Uh, there's always the, the factor of like, what are you running? You know, what type of run scheme is it? Uh, that's a factor because some guys just are better at some things. Um, you know, some situations, the guys really feeling it, like feeling it as you alluded to it, like the hot hand, so to speak, uh, you know, and the guy's really running great, you know, yeah, you're going to, uh, you're, you're going to tend to stick with him. Um, so those two things are big. The other element is, is just situations. You know, there's, there's, there's regular plays in a game. And then there's a lot of plays that fit into to categories like backed up and short yardage goal line running, you know, third down, whether you're, you're uh, running a route or it's a screen or pass pro. Uh, so there's a lot of situations and, and sometimes those can dictate who the best guy is for those particular jobs. And, uh, I would say the last thing is just, you know, when you have good guys, you you want to you want to get them involved. So, you know, we'll play multiple guys. We'll play multiple guys at once, um, and, and doing that also gives you the ability to keep guys fresher for a longer period of time. Um, you know, this season will be more of a sprint than a marathon, but still at that position, it's 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 such a physical taxing position that. Um, you know, you, you gotta be three deep. Uh, we really believe here. And, uh, and we think we're even deeper than that. So having that, that depth just to keep guys, uh, running hard and fast longer in games and then longer in the season also is something that we love. Our next question is from Tom Crawford. Yeah, Jay, I wanted to specifically ask about Chris Evans, what this experience has been like for him him uh you know being away from the program having to work his way back into the program COVID coming into play can you talk about the maturation of the chris evans before he left the program and now where he is right now yeah so i think chris has answered a lot of those those questions kind of from his perspective um you know i can only speak to really you know how he's been since he's been back and he's been he's been outstanding just total pro uh, really the leader of the group. Um, it, it's what you expect. A guy who's played a lot of football, he's been around a lot of different schemes and teams, and he knows what it means to be a good teammate. Uh, you know, he knows how to lead. You know, he's doing all those things that that you would hope and expect for a guy like that to do. He, uh, you know, he, he's always imparting, you know, wise words. We kind of joke with him about about being uh, being old because he's, he's uh, he just had a birthday. And uh, <laughs> I think he turned 23, which makes him, uh, you know, he's like a grandpa of the group. But the the cool thing about it is it's with that age really, you know, has come a lot of wisdom. And he's he's a, just a tremendous leader for the young guys. And it's great because they look to him and they want to see, hey, how do you do this or what do you do about that? And uh, and he, he's got the, the courage to let them know and to tell them, hey, no, let's not do it like that. We're, we do it like this here. So. Uh, I just see a guy who's a great leader. Uh, I'm grateful to have him in the room and uh, grateful for the leadership that he's showing and just excited to, to get to watch him do what he loves to do this fall. Thanks. Yes, sir. Our next question is from Austin Meek. Hey, Jay. When we talked to Josh Gaddis, I think it was back in the spring, he mentioned that as part of his self-scouting, he really dug into the second down calls from last year. Uh, I'm curious if that's something as you guys have talked about as an offensive staff and if there was any takeaway in terms of how you attack those situations. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we talked about all that stuff. Um, 
most of those types of situations, not even just as an offensive staff, but as a full team, uh, something that I thought was really cool that we did was we spent more time uh, kind of pre-COVID talking about, talking as a whole staff and, and spending time together, you know, discussing situations and discussing, you know, the flow of the game and all that stuff. So that was one of the things that came up. And, and uh, you know, as an offense, we just, we know what we need to do to be able to, uh, you know, score more points, move the ball the way we want to and beat the teams that, that uh, uh, are going to be on our schedule. And one of those main things is being more explosive. And, and uh, I would imagine what he had alluded to back then, I, I wasn't in that meeting or, or interview, but, uh, you know, just us collectively being more aggressive, whether it's with the play calling, um, but even more so just position wise, like speaking for the backs, like I said before, you know, we got to, take a second and, and six run and, and, you know, have a 15, 20, 25 yard run. It, it's play calling is harder when you're just kind of inching your way down the field. And that's where I think myself and, and uh, coach Warner and coach Moore collectively, all of us, coach McDaniels, like we really, you know, we buy into the vision of the offense. We love what coach cat um, puts on the game plan for us. We love the way he sees the game. We got to create more explosive plays as a unit. Uh, to be able to take some of the, uh, you know, some of that pressure off of him, uh, you know, get some more chunk plays. So that falls on on us as coaches, and then uh, the players, you know, making plays, which they're more than capable of doing. And and we're excited to, uh, you know, to to show that improvement that that we believe that we've been making over the last couple months. Yeah. When you look across football, have you seen any shift in maybe the conventional wisdom about how you attack second down, whereas maybe in the past it was just you know be conservative, avoid third and long. And maybe now there's a little more of a mentality that that's a great situation to, you know, attack and, and try to get a first down. Yeah. I don't know if I could say it's like a general trend. Uh, I think you kind of alluded to it that it, there's so many factors like, you know, who you're playing in terms of pass rushers, like, you know, you really don't want to put yourself in a third and long, but you, if, if you end up saying, yeah, you know, trying to get a first down on second and seven keeps you out of a, of a third long, you know, there's, there's great merit to those arguments. So um, I can't speak to like, if, if it's a, a trend in general, but I, I, I would say that, you know, there's probably people thinking about it a little bit differently now. And, and as you see, just the ball getting thrown so much around football, I think that's probably just a, a byproduct of that too, because you're playing a little more space. You're going to end up breaking some tackles and getting some first downs uh, you know, maybe when when uh, in the past you would get more run calls in those situations. Um, also in the past, you had more players in the box to begin with. So, you know, as football is spread out a little bit, you're probably seeing some of those those second downs being converted where in the past they were they were runs into eight man boxes, which is just statistically speaking, you're probably going to have a little bit less chance of, of, you know, busting a longer run. So it's an interesting question. I, I, I can't speak to the, to the overall trends or anything, but I do think you're probably on to something that, that uh, certain people are, are thinking about it differently. Angelique. Okay. With, um, with Cameron Cheeseman gone, what, what are you doing at long snapper? I, I know like Aiden Hutchinson played. I, I think he was long snapper in high school. Is that someone you'd look, you'd look at possibly? The, uh, the, the, is that Federer back there? That kind of freaked me out for it a second. It is, yeah. It's Federer. <laughs> That's great. Uh, uh, yeah, with, with uh, Cheeseman being gone, um, you know, 
competition for the long snapping spot. Uh, we got two good guys with Tar and Wagner. Uh, Hutch is a good long snapper. Uh, so we feel we feel good about the competition, and we'll continue to let that play out and see uh, you know who's going to end up being being the guy uh, come the game. We still got a, a good amount of um, team like really fast, not necessarily full speed work, but um, close to full speed work where we'll be able to evaluate those guys. And on, on the running backs, have you been able to identify um, who you're, you know, you talked about home run backs before, I think in May when we talked, and also where, where is Blake Quorum right now at this, at this stage? Thanks. So the, the whole group has improved in terms of, of what we're seeing on film of them being able to turn some of those, those medium runs that we all like and the, the explosives that we love. Uh, naturally, just, just, based on who they are, Chris and Blake, uh, you know, they're really geared to that just because, you know, if they get a little bit of room, they're really, really tough to tackle. Uh, I've seen Zach take a step forward in that regard. Um, just is, is, he's even faster than he was before. Uh, he's running great. He's feeling great. So, um, I would expect him to take another step forward. And then, um, and Hassan, who's, who's, you know, our toughest, hardest runner, most physical. I mean, unbelievably strong uh he's even improved and and uh gotten more consistent with being able to put the ball where it's supposed to be and and uh and even when he gets contact made at him seven eight yards down the field a lot of times he's able to get four or five more yards after that just because it's so difficult to bring him down so i've seen improvements from every guy in that aspect blake and chris just in terms of their dna they're they're it comes most natural to them and uh to answer your last part of your question, uh, Blake is is tremendous. He's exactly you know what we expected him to be. He's a uh, tremendous worker. Uh, loves loves to compete. Loves football. He's a complete junkie for it. Um, and he's a guy who's gonna he'll he'll get carries for us. He'll be a factor uh, on on offense as well as on special teams. Next question from Chris Ballas. Jay, just. Uh, Curious about the uh, return games, uh, who might be the leaders there, punt and kick return, and then also uh, your punter competition. Yeah, so the, the, uh, the both those spots, um, you know, just like I said before, there's still a lot of time left and, and we'll compete. We feel blessed with the, with the depth that we have at all those positions. Uh, kickoff return, uh, obviously Giles is tremendous, um, but we've really, you know, put an emphasis this off season on, on not only having Giles even improve and get better, but being able to have a, a, a great backup for him and, uh, you know, a good uh, dynamic guy back there with him. So Mike Barrett did a great job for us last year as the off returner, um, but we want to just be a little bit deeper overall. If, if Giles in a situation isn't going to be back there, then who's going to replace him? So um, love that situation. It's really the same guys in terms of punt return. Uh, you know, it's still a good competition. Ronnie probably is uh, is the guy right now. Um, he's got a lot of reps and everything. Giles uh, has been working at that. Blake Corum uh, is a natural punt catcher. Uh, Iman Dennis is a guy for us that's dangerous with the ball in his hands. We like what he does. Mike Sanders still has a good amount of reps, um, you know, stacked from last year. So it's a good deep group. Uh, we feel like like we can be a, uh, a very good return team. and. Um, just excited to to continue to find out who those guys are going to be with with more 
more live punts and, and getting those guys tracking the ball, especially on some windy days like we're going to see this fall. So that, that, uh, that last part and just gauging their consistency will kind of determine who ends up being the guy. Fun competition? It's, it's, it's funny. Uh, this isn't like a script or something. It's, it's darn near the same thing as the kicking competition. Uh, we feel blessed to have multiple guys that have game reps that are good players. They have poise. They have a lot of ability. Uh, it's interesting because they're both different guys. They kick a little bit different ball. They have different strengths. Um, and they're competing like crazy. Where, uh, you know, they get a lot of a lot of reps with the, with the full punt team or punt return team. And everything is charted. And, and it's, a, uh, it's really, really tight right now. And we, we grade them, you know very strictly on the criteria of, of, you know, how long does it take to get the punt off? Where are you putting it location wise? What's the hang? What's the distance? So um, really could just say been thrilled with how they both responded because they're making it a hard decision, uh, which is the same as the, on the kicking front. So uh, that's a great situation to be in and, and uh, we'll continue to let them compete and make a decision as we get closer to the game. Thanks Jay. Yes, sir. Our next question is from Zach Shaw. Hey, Jay, thanks for taking the time. Um, a few of your players have mentioned, I think Cameron Grown even used the phrase, 10 steps ahead in terms of players sticking to practice or, or most players sticking to practice. I guess what has your, been your view as a coach compared to maybe what you expected when the season was postponed versus uh, what you did get from your team in September and, and I guess August as well? And are you kind of asking like, or was, was Cam talking about like 10 steps ahead of where we would normally be, that kind of thing? No, more so in that other teams might have cooled off on practices or done less practicing. You guys really okay. never meant to be. Yeah, sorry. About that. Understood. Um, I can't really – I don't know what other teams did. Um, I, don't, I don't really have any way of saying that or, or knowing that. And it, it really doesn't matter. Um, I think what our guys have done has been spectacular. Uh, just and it's it's pretty remarkable from the get-go even from months and months ago for them to do what we asked to to have a, a level of enthusiasm and preparation and detail uh you know everyone knows they're going to do it to begin with because there's no spring ball okay we're excited but then to see it go on week after week and and that enthusiasm not fade that was pretty unusual and then to have it go on another month and another month and uh, and to really see there was never really that dip in terms of guys getting disinterested or doubting whether or not they'd get to play. Um, they just did exactly what they were supposed to do. The players showed a tremendous leadership and uh, it just continued up until uh, the last couple months, which I was kind of saying before, where you felt this really palpable excitement uh, and it's just continuing to ramp up. So um, can't compare it to anybody else, can only say that, that we only ask them to do the best that they can, and uh, they have not disappointed uh, to a man. They've been, they've been outstanding. And then real quick, one player you did get back, uh, Christian Turner, he opted out. Seems, sounds like he's back on. I guess what – I know he missed some time, but what, uh, what is your view of that situation, and then what can he add to the group this fall? Well, Christian's added a great attitude. Um, he's just, he's excited to be playing football to be, in, to be around his team. Naturally, when you miss some time, you're going to, uh, you know, you, you get behind a little bit and you've got to kind of get your legs back, get back to uh, in the swing of things assignment wise. But 
he's just come back and, and been excited to to be with the team and to be playing football. And he even he even uh, shared some thoughts with the running backs yesterday, just about that and and uh, you know about the dynamic we have as a group. So he's shown great leadership as a as a uh, as an older guy who's come back and said, "Shoot, I just I just want to play and you know give me whatever. I'll run with the." Uh, with the offense or with the scouts, he's, he's working like crazy on special teams. So been encouraged by that. And, and uh, you know, for him, he's on a different timeline than everybody else. I think the next, next week, week and a half for him will be big just to see, you know, how he continues to improve. And, and uh, you know, it's a long season, even though I said before it's a sprint, but like for a guy like that and the nature of rosters this year, you know, you need to be deep and you need to, to have uh, a lot of guys who are ready to play and compete. So, you know, nobody can write themselves off as, as a, you know, being too far down the depth chart or, or even being a three, like, you know, this year a three could end up starting like that. So it's uh love his approach and, and, you know, just excited to see him continue to, uh, to get back to, to where he was. Our next question is from Theo. Hi, Jay. Thanks for doing this. Uh, obviously, Chris Evans is a dynamic pass catcher. I'm wondering what that element of his skill set, you know, allows the offense to do differently um, than, you know, say last year. Yeah, good question. Uh, Chris is – he's just different than a standard back. So, you're able to uh, – in terms of what makes the offense different, um, you know, comparing it to last year, you would say a lot of times the guys that we had on the field – they'd get out on, on check downs where they weren't really a factor uh, in the quarterback stop process, you know, in, the, in his progression. And, uh, you know, a guy like Chris, who, who can beat the majority of linebackers or safeties that he runs a route on, and then who can make the play and catch the ball, that adds a little bit different element to where, you know, you can start including the running back in a, a progression for the quarterback of having that ball go to him first or go to him second with, and be excited about it. Not as kind of a, Oh, they took this away. Let's check it down. So that part's different. Um, and, and really just being able to run different types of runs. He has, uh, he's just so comfortable in space that, that, you know, the different perimeter type of stuff. Uh, he's not like the fastest guy ever, but he's, he's, he plays fast and he's, he's elusive in space. So, um, I would say being able to to have a guy who who excels outside the tackles um, helps balance out Zach and Hassan, who are good out there, but they're they're special inside the box. And then, if I can add a quick follow up, you've obviously talked about you know turning those middle middling five yard runs into into big gains. What specifically can a running back work on to enable himself to break off those big plays? That's a great question. So I would I would love to hear you ask those guys that just to see to see uh, you know how much they've been focusing on it and, and uh, if they've internalized stuff. But there's a lot of things. I mean, to start with, just knowing the scheme uh, and knowing where the defense is trying to send the ball to. You know, it's it's a a, a good defense is is really gap sound. They they know who should be in what gap and uh, exactly where they're trying to send the ball. So that the the guy who's unblocked, the free hitter, like I said before, can be right there, ready to make the play. So having that awareness is is a first thing, so that the back can anticipate the situations he's going to end up being in, uh, and then you know in practice you replicate those, and whether it's in indie or whether it's in in a team period, you know 
you got to be able to to take those situations and and make them full speed, make them game like to where you have a overhang safety or a corner, the ball's being spilled to him. Everyone's in their gaps, sending that ball exactly where they want it to go. And now do you have a move ready for that guy or not? And uh, you can do that in Indy. You can do that in a team period. Uh, but practicing like a game is such a big thing for that. Um, besides that, I would just say, you know, working, working your, your, your speed, your balance, uh, your, your uh, change of direction, which they do an awesome job with in the strength pro- program, uh, just being in peak condition. We always talk about that as running backs, you know, every play you got 11 guys chasing you like that's that's the ultimate spot where you want to be big fast strong quick etc etc so they've all made gains in that aspect as well and and uh you know it all kind of can hopefully come together in the games for them but um shoot i could go on and on about that one that that's that's a uh, lot of intricacies to it but um you know if you can just make marginal gains in, in all the different categories of uh, all those different things that go into it, you know, that it really can pay off and turn in some of those five and sixes into 15, 20, 30s. Thanks. Our, la- our last question is from uh, Isaiah Hull. Hey, Jay. With a guy like Zach Charbonnet, he uh, arrived on campus, you know, a year and a half ago or so, you know, already somewhat injured and had to not only rehab that and then kind of get back into the swing in season, dealing with more injuries. Where have you seen him? Like, essentially, how much different of a player is he now compared to when you got him? And where can he go from here? How much higher is his ceiling in that light? For Zach and for for such a high number of our guys, you really can't put a ceiling on him. On a guy who's, like, totally obsessed, there, there is no ceiling. You can't put it there because all they do is, is – is, just work and find a way to get a little bit better. And you might think, oh yeah, you know, they're going to top out, but they don't think like that. They don't have limits on themselves mentally. They don't, these guys don't get tackled and say, oh shoot, that was a good play by him. There's always something to it of, I could have done this. I should have done that. I, I, you know what I mean? So um, mindset wise, you know, I, I, I can't put a limit on a guy because they don't, they don't put them on themselves. Um, speaking to Zach, you know, I don't know how to compare him to last year besides saying he's, he's without a doubt better. He's, he's running better. He's running stronger. He's seeing things better. His feet are better. Uh, collectively, just a better player, which is obviously a product of, of being able to practice and, and have more reps. But also, he's just feeling good. He feels uh, healthier. He feels right. And, uh, you know, credit to him. He, he wasn't full speed. You know, for a good amount of last year, he wasn't injured, but he just didn't feel, uh, you know, he didn't feel the way that he knew uh, was possible. So um, just excited to be able to see him be able to run the way that he wants to run and, and hold himself to the, the standard that I know he holds himself to. And, and uh, I know in practice, he's, he's really taking advantage of it. He looks great and we're excited to watch him do his thing against Minnesota. Awesome. Well, thanks, Jay, for uh, taking your time today. Yeah, thanks, everyone. And, uh, appreciate you guys. Great questions. We appreciate as you always. guys. Everyone have a good day. Thank you for listening to the umgoblue.com podcast. All rights reserved. Search for 
umgoblue.com on iTunes. Go Blue!